0: Thank you guys so much for being here. I appreciate you being here, we all do, taking uh, you know time to come and listen to this conversation, a very important conversation. Um, I'm Janet Bogwa, I'm a media person, an author, founder of Inua Dada, and um, I'm working very closely with UNESCO, the incredible team from UNESCO and University of Nairobi to talk about this subject, to talk about our rights, our lives, our future, um, because honestly you guys deserve a future. Um, that's safe, a future that takes you places, and we want to walk with you in that journey. Um, we have our panelists, but this is, it's interactive. And I want to encourage you, this is a safe space. If you want to rant, if you want to say something or ask something, feel free. We'll have a Q&A session after. So start thinking about the things that, that bother you. Start thinking about the things that don't make you feel safe. Start thinking about how you feel the country or the government or leadership doesn't listen what you guys are saying and feeling yeah let's just talk about it let's talk about reproductive health and rights pregnancy sex HIV let's just get real and candid because we're trying to find solutions that work for you all maybe I can start by asking by a show of hands do you guys feel like whether on campus or in your life does anybody feel like they don't have a safe space you can close your eyes and put up your hand if you don't Your peers to see who feels like they have a safe space? A safe space where they can talk to somebody, share, talk about their issues. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Who doesn't feel like they have a safe space or that there are enough safe spaces for young people? Mengine 50-50. Depending on how the conversation will go. Um, Melvin and Dennis, let me start with you. This is about creating safe spaces. You've seen how your peers have shared whether or not they feel there's a safe space. How do you feel about the safety of students, male and female, on campus and off campus?
1: Uh, Thank you very much. As safe space is a broader aspect of what we call participation and decision-making. The student's life revolves on academics and interaction with other students. There is limited safe space when it comes to academics. To academics? To academics, to academics. And then, in campus, okay. because of what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. The lecturers feel there is a bigger boundary between them and students. And therefore, there is at any given point, there should not be a progressive discussion between a student and a lecturer because a doctor will feel that for the very many years I've learned, what will you tell me? What will you show me? I am a professor of law. Then I've interacted with serious books as you should have. What can you show me? Then you find that the person who then get affected is a person who requires safe space and free discussion to express what they feel that the lecturer should have handled them in a way and that safe space is way much limited.
0: Okay, we'll so come back a little later to also discuss the, the role of lecturers in all this. Um, Melvin, in your role, I think you, you oversee and you have a bird's eye view of what a lot of students are thinking and feeling. Um, First off, maybe you can talk a little bit about what you think about when you hear the word safe space and whether honestly you feel like you and your students are safe.
2: Thank you. Um, Before I even answer the questions, my friends who are my classmates and I, were looking for a space around Nairobi where we can scream. (laughs) Just scream (laughs) and not get arrested (laughs) or get into any trouble.
0: We can sidebar and look for this.
2: because it's a lot like um, when 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 you mention a safe space um, my understanding is a place where I feel um, I can I can always talk and say that I don't think things are going on well here and I'll be happy. Um a place where I will not my my feeling someone will not start Telling me that, you know, as students, you 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 think you think that the world revolves around you. That's not the first thing I want to hear when I when I bring complaints or when a student says or maybe to a lecturer or a staff, they say that I'm not comfortable with what's happening around us. Being that there is the aspect of academics, there is the aspect of finances. There's the aspect of growing up. When, when, you, when you go to your portal, like our results are posted on a portal, when you go there, it's total shock. Like, who's this person? Is this me? So I, I, and, and when you also try to raise it, uh, the school sometimes raises some policies that you don't understand. For example, I've been here for like four years. Now I'm in my final year. There are things that get adopted every semester that I also don't understand where they come from. Uh, one minute you're told, you know, last semester you skipped something, so this time you cannot progress. But this is the same thing that I also did in, in first year when I was here, and I, I progressed. And and when you come to a public institution, um, we don't always go back to our parents to tell them uh, today um, the food is going up by two shillings uh, or the school fees is going up by this, you know, because because you understand. So and and. Let me say this, it, is also, it could also come from the students themselves. Sometimes us, we are very toxic, let's admit, we are very toxic. Um, I, I think I have seen students trying to do things and the kind of backlash that we also get on social media is just so uncalled for and it comes from the students. And then next time it comes to you, not that I'm justifying that if you bullied me you should be bullied, but you see it comes to you and what you don't know is that you've created a trend, you've enabled a culture. Yeah. So it keeps on happening.
0: So you've mentioned so many layers, which is good. You mentioned having to weather some of these storms yourself. The way you're like can't go back to our parents and tell them this is happening. The lecturers don't seem to engage us and understand what we're going through. And that's why you said it's complicated. So we've heard from, from, from Dennis and Melvin and thank you both for you've both kind of talked about similar but slightly different um, ways in which there's a lack of safety. So thank you for highlighting that. When I come to Dr. Anthony Guitari, what kind, of, what kind of sentiments or questions do students come to you with, with regards to how they're dealing with their mental health, how they're coping, and their own safety matters? What do you hear from them when they come to you?
3: Thank you very much, Janet. Uh, when you talk about uh, safety, my perception of safety is a situation or a place where you are not under any threat. Threat of stigmatization, (coughs) stress or threat of uh, illness, threat of failing examinations or not progressing through your academic journey. Uh, And this one is clearly a perception at the individual level. Uh, How do you create a safe space? One is uh, if you have the correct information so that you are able to understand the processes and consequences so that you are able to understand what you are entitled to so if you understand the systems you know your rights and uh, you have the correct information that space now
0: becomes safe do you feel that there's an awareness of rights from the students or do you still feel like there needs to be more awareness created because you could tell people you need to know your rights But what does that look like? So do you, from your observation, do students know their rights enough? Or is there work to be done in raising awareness? There is a lot
3: of work to be done in creating awareness. And uh, we we endeavor to create that awareness from when the student joins university and continuously until they are able to to exit having graduated. Uh, This is through induction uh, sensitizations at first year and continuous at faculty level and all levels, at at all levels where students uh, congregate, we create awareness in matters health, that is mental, sexual, reproductive, HIV, AIDS and uh, substance use.
0: Okay, and that carries through. We're going from from safe spaces to one of the biggest issues that we're facing, not just on campus, not just in society, but in the world. And we're talking about gender-based violence, um, which is why we're having some of these conversations. Uh, GBV affects everybody, Um, men, women, children, everyone is affected. Uh, From your perspective, Dennis, Melvin, again, we'll open it up to the students. Is there a GBV on campus? That might be an easy yes or no. But more than that, what are the forms of GBV you understand? And the reason I'm saying that is sometimes people don't actually know they're going through GBV, men and women. So Dennis, Melvin, is there GBV and what are the forms that you see?
2: Um, so talking about the forms, I think it's very, that's a very important part to know because um, for a long time when you, when, you start, when you tell somebody that, you know, I feel like I'm being abused, um, someone else will say, but you have not been touched. Um, we can't, like, you know, because we're used to forms of um, somebody, maybe it was an assault or things like that, or just something physical. But then, um, in campus, there are so many, there are so many forms of, of being abused. Forms of uh, a lecturer wants you to follow them up and down. Sometimes it's not even about them wanting sex, or I don't know if at the end they want sex. But it's you following them up and down for something that is rightfully yours. It's not just about the male lecturers. It's even me following a female lecturer because you you're causing me mental anguish. Thinking about the process of me going to somebody and start asking, it's it's, it's it shouldn't be a simple Formal process of me just writing to Mr. O'Reilly and saying, you know, this. Then him just delegating and telling other people. But what happens when I have to go to an office and somebody has to ask me? So, things like that.
0: And you know what you've mentioned is very important, Melvin. It's one of those silent things that people gaslight you about, you know? Um, what about for you, Dennis? How do you see GBV manifesting on campus? What do you hear? What do you see? from male and female
1: students. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Janet. Um. Gender-based violence are experienced in various forms, and Melvin has said one or two. It is experience, one, when it comes to participation in various processes that are taking place in, in campus. Yeah? For example, today, you, there is a student discussion, right? and uh, we open ourselves so well, and at some point we pinpoint a name of a prominent person in school. Then thereafter, you will be told that you mentioned my name on a general discussion. You will follow this route now. Two, it comes when during politics, we are approaching politics and when you'll come back, you will be shocked on how it is experienced. What there does that is, mean? There is, there is a syndrome, there is a gender syndrome that such, certain positions should not be held by certain gender. And they even give data that in such a such a year, this position was held by such and such a person and you saw what happened. And if it happens that the, the agenda that is being fought against holds that position, there is a given pressure that is abnormal against that person. That is three. Third, when it comes to relationship issues, sexually. So that is a form that, is, that happens but is it is spoken about in silence. So, the, on, on, on sexual harassment, it's being affected on the student side and on the staff side. But there are so many that we will want to talk about, but I know we will also give a chance to our comrades here who have a broader knowledge, this floor of knowledge. Yeah,
0: You've mentioned that. Melvin, listening to what Dennis has said, um, is there anything you want to add on? Because that's that's not something that should be taken lightly. We know that there's a lot of students who may feel compromised when it comes to what, even what you said, having to follow up with members of staff. But what else uh, besides, or over and above what Dennis has mentioned, do you witness as forms of GBV that are rampant and that perhaps affect male students differently from female students?
2: Um, I think for, for the male students, they mostly it's the discrimination that, um, and I think this is based on historical injustices of what happened previously. I, I had a situation like that in one of the faculties where a female staff was like, why is a group of three men coming to me? What if they do something bad to me? But you see, when they're coming to you, they're actually looking at you like a staff apparent. So, but you, you you, You, you're, you're,
0: you have your guard up.
2: Yes, you have your guard up because yeah. of maybe your anxiety or insecurities that happened before. But I still think um, the ills that we talk about, they exist, but I do not want the whole male fraternity to be discriminated upon. I also want you to give them a chance of, and also tell them that you should be able to point out when you see your fellow men um, abusing other people. I want us to
0: move a little bit to, to, to sexual um, matters and HIV before we open up the floor um, to the audience. GBV has many forms, as I mentioned earlier, and sometimes there's a relation to even forms of HIV. Is HIV a concern on campus?
1: Uh, HIV, it's a matter that is there. Uh, I use data. There's a time I visited the UHS, University Health Services, staff clinic and students clinic. I found this data on students who were reported to have HIV, and uh, they are suffering in silence. This comes because of peer pressure, and uh, peer pressure with it, but nowadays, it's not even much of peer pressure. It is because of survival, and it is painful, right? And let me tell you, these provision of CDs, in the health services. But somebody who comes to your house thrice, you will say that, no, please, see see Leo too, (laughs) right? (laughs) And uh, me, I do, uh, for the longest time I've lived, the only, the the, the most obvious means of transmission of HIV is sexual intercourse. And that is what is happening in these hostels. People are wifing each other. People are marrying each other, and it's because of survival. So the number of HIV is rising, and we should, that question should be taken, and should be nationally addressed. Yeah, because when we address things here in school, it is taken for a joke. And whatever he was uh, speaking about free space, we will, uh, I, I, I see myself taking it grubly and wholly. And, and so that we address these issues so strongly. Yesterday, I was receiving a call of my classmate. I just called her to check on her, and I, I thought she's in the hostel. Then she's telling me that I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Catholic University. Then I told her, what are you doing there? But you know, I, uh, there was no food in my, then I went to visit my boyfriend. Then what will be the result?
0: Thank you for speaking so openly and passionately about it and yes we are hoping to take these conversations towards the launch of the Gender Desk which we are going to talk about. They are not going to end here. I think we should no longer be having conversations that end here. I think it's time that we start thinking about how to take them all the way. And I'm hoping as we leave, we ask ourselves what are we doing next? Which I know sometimes gets exhausting because you feel like you give all these recommendations and where does it go? But because of this campaign and the conversations we're having, these are recommendations that could stand for something. So even as everyone in the room is reflecting, it could be a low-hanging fruit, like what we need to do next.